0: And uh, what's the latest on your mic?
1: My mic is still not happening. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I'm ordering yeah, another one. Yeah,
0: just order another one. I think it's yeah. so, probably the safest way to go. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we are. We want to get want to get the good sound quality. You know, I know get the I know. good sound quality. <laughs> Welcome to GCP Life. This is episode number two of a brand new podcast about Google Cloud and tech. Today's sponsor is Kazna. At Kazna, we make Google Cloud solutions possible. I am your host, Stephen Bancroft. And on today's show, we have a Google Next update, jobs, 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 and more jobs, Google in trouble with an antitrust, Python gets a speed boost, a little quantum computing update, and what? kubernetes movie but before we get to any of that i want to introduce the co-host with the mostest ira bailey how are you going ira i'm doing great thanks how's your week been mate uh pretty, pretty yeah, yeah yeah just
1: lots of a uh, big release coming up so everyone's
0: Awesome, awesome! I've been terraforming, terraform applying, and G G clouding for the last two weeks, just over and over and over. You know, when you get in that loop and just goes round and round and round and round, and finally it deploys and it's hands in the air. Yeah, yeah, cool. And of course, Melbourne had two, pretty much had two days off this week, so I'm kind of ahead of the game on them there. I'm in Sydney, so uh, yeah, they, they they, they, slackers had two days off. Oh, by the way, did you hear that Kde's turned twenty five years old? Yes, I did. Yeah. Um, it's so probably been I, I, about I, that many years since I used it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I only mentioned it because I, I do use KDE as my daily driver. Yeah. And uh, one of the one of the fantastic things I really love is the keep above keep above others option. Look, I'll just I'll show this to you. i show this to you, Ira. Do See it. what you can do is you can go here and you can go more actions, keep above others, right? Yeah. and then when I click on this screen. Oh, it still stays there. Yes, yeah. isn't that amazing? So when you're working on multiple windows and you're clicking around and stuff, your terminal still stays there. And you don't have to. You don't have to go finding it all the time. I love oh, that yes. feature. I love absolutely love that. And when I go into Windows and try and do the same thing, it's just not the same. Even though you can see here my desktop, I'm showing my desktop with Ira. It. it it kind of looks like Windows 10. That's the way I've done it because I actually don't mind the look of Windows 10, but the functionality is completely different. Mm. And and that above others. Oh boy, I miss that when I go on a Windows desktop.
1: <laughs> oh, you're trying to Mac, and it's like, where is my screen going? It's like it's off to the right somewhere.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, that freaks me out. You press the wrong button and it just disappears. Yeah, what the heck is going on here? I just feel like a noob. So you give me an iPhone and I've got no idea what's going on. <laughs> I'm an Android boy through and through. <laughs> anyway, I just thought I'd, I'd gush about KDE uh, being 25 years old because I've been using it for a long time. I went off, I used Gnome a little bit there for a little while, but I don't allow any of those filthy Gnome apps on my desktop anymore. Only KDE. Even yeah. in the
1: year of the Linux
0: desktop? <laughs> Even in the year of the Linux desktop, that's right. Oh, one other little milestone we want to mention is Mantle Group reached 500 people. We got 40, now we've got five hundred people now, within Vantel. Yeah, within our house of brands. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's the numbers as arbitrary as any other number. But um, yeah, 500's hundred's pretty good, pretty yeah, good place to be. Yeah.
1: A lot of
0: people. <laughs> it's a lot of people. Wow, well, I did used to work for Telstra, and they've got about forty thousand people. So, five hundred's it's, not bad. It's a lot of
1: great people. Yeah.
0: <laughs> a lot of, yeah, 500, 500 awesome people. Yeah, that's exactly, exactly. Anyway, let's let's get cracking. Let's get on with it. And Ira, I think you wanted to talk about uh, a little Google Next update and uh, the cybersecurity action team. What's that all about?
1: Yeah, so part of, I guess, the new security offering that Google has kind of started to pivot to is actually having a, a team of people who actually kind of well take a look at what you're doing and what you're doing at google cloud and as a business and go ah these are the things that you could do like at a strategy level where you know you don't really can't really get that unless you go to a you know specialist consulting firm or whatever but um yeah it's it's a pretty interesting approach i don't know i don't think azure does anything like this and i don't think AWS really do anything like this but um, I think I think there are some, you know, partnerships and things where they point you in the right direction. But I don't think Google, uh, you know, a cloud provider directly has a team that will work with you, not just for what stuff is on your, you know, running on the cloud platform, but like how you need to do security and digital transformation for your company. So it's pretty, it's pretty broad. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah, security touches a lot of things. So... This is a team that will come in and uh, look at your app, look at your build, um, make yeah. recommendations.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's a whole yeah. kind of suite of things. How do you say you want to meet some security, uh, like SOC requirements or PCI DSS, um, uh, look at supply chain for software supply chain analysis. And yeah, just kind of, this is kind of how you do it and provide this practice i think
0: it's pretty cool right yeah okay cool i guess i guess cool for smaller orgs that smaller businesses that don't may not have the skill set or may not be resourced to access someone like kasnar or they don't want to shell out for the the big bucks i guess i guess google's this is a this is a service that google's charging for i guess
1: yeah yeah i haven't looked at pricing
0: but um be interesting to know what it is Yeah. yeah it would be yeah yeah um still i mean it's a good idea i mean it's it I, I mean it's a good idea from a um you know as as a company like if you were a company deploying something in cloud um you really really need to make sure you've got your security you know dotted dotted and crossed everywhere uh, i mean how many public buckets how many stories of public buckets have we heard about you yeah. know being compromised that's the number one thing right but you, you, you really, it'd be worthwhile investment, you know, for any organization to to uh, either have someone like Kasna or, or the security action team to come and look at their app and their deployment, for sure.
1: Yeah. Um, there wasn't much else from Google Next, unfortunately. Uh, there have actually been some interesting, uh, like, feature releases that haven't really been covered, I guess, in Google Next. They kind of popped out a little bit before that. Um, something we've been using a lot is the kind of new update to cloud asset inventory, which has got a whole console and you can search the whole platform and query it and um, push, create a whole bunch of alerts and a whole bunch of really cool features, which have really kind of been missing. Um, it's been pretty cool.
0: Yeah, i be perfectly honest. I haven't, I haven't dived, gone through all the content, but other than what we mentioned on the last show, um, which I think was the, uh, the, the remote, edge anthos thing um uh there's not a lot there that's grabbed me um really um which is i don't know disappointing or maybe maybe good because uh it's just it's it's not another thing i have to go and learn (laughs) which you know is all right but sometimes there's a lot of stuff that comes out of these yeah yeah Uh, yeah um, all right. Well, look. Let's move on. Let's. Um, what's the story with this uh, antitrust case? Google takes up forty-two percent from ads. State says in antitrust case. Yeah, it's an interesting uh, um,
1: federal case being taken against not just Google, but oh, so but,
0: you're tech giants. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Just um, basically a. a what do you call it? a collusion between the large tech players in the ad space to basically um favor each other like uh, the deal was that uh Facebook would back Google's proposal to kind of um this thing called um I think it's a good open open exchange or open ad exchange. Facebook and Google have basically colluded to um, support a, a fluid standard and exchange for Facebook supporting Google Starts, they will basically privilege all of Facebook's ads on their platform.
0: Right. So it's it's an advertising cartel,
1: effectively. Yeah. Um, yeah. And because Google's got 82%, I guess, of the internet ad revenue in the entire world, they're basically yeah. a major monopoly. And so they're quite happy in their position and they want to kind of not really open up that space. Um, so they could get slapped with a massive multi-billion dollar fine, um, and they did get slammed with one, I think, four or five billion in the US, uh, sorry, EU, um, and that, yeah, that's quite a big fine.
0: That's a big, chunky fine. So it's, uh, anti-competitive, um, anti-trust kind of behaviour?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's kind of, um.
0: Or was it more like your wire fraud kind of thing?
1: Well, it's kind of tricky because they did kind of advertise that. Uh, it's like an open exchange where you can bid on ads apart from they know everyone's bid and they will bid like one cent higher than everyone else if they want the ad. So it's yeah, not like right. a, uh, yeah, um, it's not like it's a fear. Everyone puts in their closed bids and then the highest bid wins. It's like Google looks at everyone's bid and then can basically
0: Put one cent more and and win the bit. And win the bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. because it's so massive. Yeah, it says says in this article Google now uses its immense market power to extract a very high tax of 22 to 42% of the ad dollars otherwise flowing to countless online publishers and content producers, such as online newspapers, cooking websites, and blogs, who survive by selling advertisements on their websites and apps. Yeah. So the lawsuit filed by a group of Texas is one of four government antitrust complaints against Google. Against Google, uh, so to Google. So, well, you know we're just here to report the news, and if this is if this is the news that's going down, we we uh, we need to report it. So yeah, we'll keep we'll keep an eye on that one. Um, you know, it's like any of these these. Uh, tech lawsuits though. I mean, will it amount to anything? We, we don't know. Will they settle out of court? Probably. And there'll be some backdoor deal that's made and it just disappears. Yeah. Seems to be the case. It's, a, um, it's
1: quite technical and I'm pretty sure there will be, it, this will be going on for quite a while.
0: Yeah. Anyway, anyway, for the listeners, the link's in the show note. You can check it out yourself. Um, yeah. So, all right. So we'll move on from the anti-competitive views. Um, we'll talk about, uh some jobs we've got going or a particular job that we have going in mantle group at the moment um i thought i'd look at a um non-technical role because we do have non-technical roles they're not all we're not all cloud gurus Um, (laughs) we've got some great people Um, so this is for a client success lead once again link in the show notes Um, we have a brand new role working closely with our CEO and CTO to shape and drive our business. Uh, development brand businesses development plan for new and existing relationships with our enterprise focus. Um, day to day, you'll help define new customer and accounts and approach and identify the correct stakeholders to engage with these accounts, establish growth, strengths, relationship with key holders and influence in existing accounts, develop new enterprise accounts, work with the rest of Casna team, probably IRA and me. Possibly, I don't know. To establish opportunities to create business values for prospects based on our Google technology offerings, help develop the right commercial frameworks, ensure help to ensure we deliver our business value proposition, and continue to develop a long-standing relationship with our clients. So that's the kind of gig. Um, what what would you you know? It's a really a businessy kind of role. Um, you know, skilled at. Uh, developing strong relationships with technical and business leaders, experience with transformational, transform, transformational sales, uh, strong oral and written, of course, uh, usual kind of stuff. Uh, but I mean, if that sounds like it's for you, then you should get in touch with us. Um, it, it's probably, uh, you know, it's probably a pretty high-flying role, I'd say, if you're working directly with the CEO and the CTO. They're great guys, by the way. We'll, we'll get them on the show one day um but uh yeah that that could be for you um i guess if you came what sort of background would you think are i guess sort of upper upper management kind of role? yeah
1: particularly someone who's been in the kind of product owner kind of role as well kind of managing team delivering stuff so they know what someone else who wants to deliver
0: needs Yeah. yeah you may have come through sales you could be someone that's come through sales and you're like a sale exec that's got sort of product experience maybe mm. um, yeah because uh you know we don't discriminate we, we we look at we look at everyone on their merits and we've got quite a few career changes in um in case people that have come from different backgrounds and and uh you know you've got plenty of opportunity to skill up and if you're if you show passion and motivation and you you want to you want to do the role then you'll be highly considered for any role um all right, Ira. Um, let's move on. Let's. Uh, what is what is Ira I R A B slash DevOps Lab? Ah. I put this in the, in the show notes. Yes. And, and I God, I didn't quite get it when you first explained it. <laughs> Tell everyone what it is.
1: Cool. Uh, so this is just a, a repository which um, just shows kind of a, an opinionated way of how to deploy. Um, uh, a any app to uh, Cloud Run, um, and also Kubernetes, and basically the the pipeline that you'd use to deliver secure kind of tested code. So um, uses Cloud Build to uh, build your app, uh, run some tests, do a whole bunch of security tests on that to check dependencies. And to check even um, you know the way you've written your code, whether it's got any you know any particular code smells that are terrible, um, then it will can either deploy it to uh, Cloud Run, and then um, basically uh, run a load test on that where you can kind of pick you know if you want to hit it with a you know a million requests, and um, we'll just go off and do that. Um, and also uh, you can target Kubernetes and do a similar thing, and you can get all the Stats out from uh, like latencies, requests per second, um, based on whatever deployment configurations you've got. Um, yeah, so uh, I've been <clears throat> kind of developing this just to show, uh, uh, so like trainees or anyone else who's kind of new to DevOps of like what, what, you, uh, what are the kind of basic steps you kind of do. This is kind of this is pretty basic, really, compared compared to uh, you know deploying something in a bank, which is. Next
0: level. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, mate, this looks very comprehensive, though. Um, despite it being, you know, what, what you're saying there with it being simplistic, but um, so let me get let me get this right for my sort of um, muggle brain. Um, what, what so what you're doing is if you're if you're creating a cloud if you're creating a container to running cloud run, um, this this repo will run. Tests on it, look for security problems, uh, do all the ins and outs to make sure it's good to go in Cloud Run. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's right. So, um, nice. Yeah, there, there's about seventy million different ways you can kind of deploy on Cloud Run because all it is is just a container. Um, yep. But it's yep. the yep. it's the pipeline that gets uh, run to basically build that container and test it. So. Yeah.
0: Is that I see. Right. So this is the pipeline, right? This is a problem. So it's more about the pipeline than the what you're actually deploying. So just an yeah. example. I reckon I could use this on something I'm doing at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, um, yeah, guys, grab that. That's in the show. links in the show notes. Uh, Ira's uh, GitHub repo there with with that juiciness in thing. It's written in Go, um, which is something I'm I'm yet to get. Sort of get in and learn myself, but uh, yeah, it goes great. Um, so uh, yeah, have a look at that, guys, and have some fun. Give some feedback on that as well. Um, all right, moving on from Go to Python. I just wanted to give this a quick mention because this is this is interesting. Um, and uh, I'll just I'll just read through this article. This short article talking about Python and the GIL in Python and its multi-threading capabilities, with, like. It's one of the big things we don't like about my Python is more or less single-threaded, uh, being an interpreter. But it says one of Python's long-standing weaknesses is inability to scale well in multi-threaded environments. Um, is the target of a new proposal among core pre- core developers, um, and what they're saying, if accepted, Gross's proposal. Gro- Gross is a guy that's developed. Sam Gross has developed this. Um, would rewrite the way Python serializes access to objects in the runtime from multiple threads. It would boost multi-thread performance significantly. Significantly. So I don't know if you've ever tried to, to write a game in a, in a Py game. It's a, I it's, not. it's a framework you can write games with, with Python. When I started learning Python, I, I used it a bit. That would, This would help if you were writing games with it. Um, the GIL um, has long been seen as an obstacle to better multi-threading performance in C Python and thus Python generally, because Python's C Python's what everything's based on. Many efforts have been made to remove it over the years, but it is cost, uh, but at the cost of hurting single-threaded performance. In other words, by making the vast majority of existing Python applications slower. All right, Python's current metaphors for dealing with threading and multiprocessing multiprocessing don't make it possible to achieve high parallelism, but they make it hard enough that developers often turn to third-party modules like Dask uh, to get the job done. The new proposal makes changes to the way reference counting works for Python objects so that references from the thread that owns an object are handled differently from those coming from other threads. So I guess that's the guts of what's going on inside. But that the important part is that the overall effect of this change and the number of others with it actually boosts single threaded performance slightly by around 10 percent according to some benchmarks preferred on a, f- a forked version. so you can get this now it's a forked version of the interpreter versus the mainline c python 3.9 multi-threading performance on some benchmarks scales almost linearly with each new thread in the best case e.g when using 20 threads an 18.1 times speed up on bench on a benchmark and a 19.8 speed up on another. So there you go. We could see, um, we could see this filter down. Now this this will be interesting because uh, at the moment, if you're running um, cloud functions um yeah python single thread mm. python single threaded yeah we, we could see multi-threaded apps going yeah. into cloud functions with python
1: sounds like it's a 4.0 release target for python then i'm imagining it's quite a bit right
0: uh, yeah a lot a lot could change in a major release like that but um yeah i'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one and and you know getting away from well I mean it's for an interpreter language to be multi threaded like that.
1: Yeah, cool it'd be stuff. interesting to see that I can imagine there'd be a bit of a switch from Go back to Python would be my hunch, particularly for data side of things. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Data and AI where you're doing a lot of a lot of heavy processing. Oh yeah, this that would could be make could, could make a difference. Yeah. Different.
1: Yeah. I'd be surprised yeah. if people were already using it now to make their ML pipelines go faster.
0: Yeah, well, we'd need a different runtime in in cloud, in, uh, yeah, in yeah, cloud yeah. functions. Yeah, they'd have to Google have to support the runtime. So, come on, Google, let's get the runtime for this. Alpha. And uh, we can, <laughs> yeah. all right. So, um, one other quick one I wanted to mention. Um, we did a qu- we talked about quantum computing last week, and you know I love quantum computing. I'm just, when it, there's so many quantum computing stories around lately, that come across my come up on my phone all the time i just wanted to quickly mention this one um china's built world's fastest quantum computer 10 million times faster than google's 10 million yes you read that correctly 10 million china's leapfrogging capabilities in terms of technology development are well documented now scientists from china claim to have developed the world's fastest programmable quantum computer created by researchers from the University of Science and Technology, um, named us an, yeah, so it's named us a mathematician. That's that's really all I've got. Uh, yeah, that's really all I've got on this article. But man, 10 million times faster. Are you serious? I'm going to try and find a little bit more on this one, but that's some serious numbers right there. Yeah,
1: it's that's kind of right pace of, I guess, improvement. It's going to be pretty interesting. So they, Are you know, we going to
0: see? Yeah, yeah, I know. Are we going to see? I mean, how does Moore's law relate to quantum computing? I, mean, uh, I think it's reset. Reset. It's reset, <laughs> isn't it? We're going to have to come up with a. We're going to have to come up with a new name. Yeah, <laughs> something, something law. Uh, I think I probably should um,
1: start when someone actually does something useful with it. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, <laughs> we could be yeah. well. You know, here I, for think,
0: a while. I think I. Are, I think we're on the verge. I really think we're on the cusp yeah. of, of doing some useful stuff with this. With this, like what like we reported on the last show, we've got we're going to have plug-in quantum devices soon. Yeah, and, They probably uh, might just give we... you
1: some marketing, though. Are <laughs>
0: <Sorry. Yeah. laughs> yeah. oh, you such a pessimist? Don't be such a. I like. <laughs> yeah, I didn't say
1: anything. Anyway. It was a bad thing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well. Um, look. Uh, the this next item now I, I can't believe this next item and we, we're gonna we're gonna just play this next item for you here uh, take a listen sounds, yeah, sounds do I good. look at you look at Cam. 2013
1: it was clear that cloud was a thing but most folks were focused on infrastructure cloud
0: the dirty secret for a long time is like you know people who are either building their own data centers or using colos there's a huge resource waste and so at that point,
1: Automation tools are all the rave. People are now trying to abstract away the servers. Google was looking for ways to apply its internal infrastructure expertise to the cloud.
0: As we started looking at technologies like Docker, we were like impressed by the strength of what they'd accomplished in solving a very specific problem. This is going to happen with us or without us. Google had to make a
1: bold move in the cloud space to be the long-term winner.
0: Every big startup I felt like had a container orchestration project and half of them were announced at DockerCon 2014.
1: Open source is most successful when it's played as a positive sum game.
0: So it's a Kubernetes documentary. What's going on here with this? Yeah, it seems like um, someone's decided to
1: delve into the origins of Kubernetes and where it all came from, which I think is pretty interesting um, because you've got the whole uh, Google Borg kind of history and where that came from. So there's a, how it became into this kind of big open platform that seems to have, you know, one as the cloud platform that's kind of agnostic, well, even on-prem, right? That's just kind of, if you want to have a manageable service, you check it on Kubernetes.
0: You Kubernetes, yeah. Who would be interested in this, other than tech geeks like us, really? Uh,
1: I think anyone who's kind of interested in, like, how the sausage gets made.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I I suppose. There's a lot of documentaries around like that lately, isn't there? Like, how this is done, how that's done.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think having some kind of insight into, you know, it's not just one company, or one person going from doing something. It's like a whole bunch of different companies all coming together to try and get their... Thing that they want out of this project and um yeah it's all that interesting tension and in politics and you know when you've got people like microsoft and google and facebook all
0: trying to pile in and do we know who's funded it uh honeypot or something wasn't it yeah. I, right I, I bet you i bet you it's like an, an alphabet group or something It'd be interesting. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, well, yeah. Okay. Anyway, I mean, the link will be in the show notes. You can go and investigate that yourself. But keep your eyes on that. We'll certainly let you know when the the uh, final cut of that is available. Um, yeah, I'll be watching it for sure. All right. Well, uh, look, guys. I think uh, I think that's just about it for today's show. Um, don't forget that uh, we have the Casna Beyond Two Clouds YouTube channel. Where you can catch our CTO and CEO in a sort of, uh, you know, occasionally getting together to tell you the latest on Casna and Google Cloud. Uh, and we finally have a contact for the show so you can reach out to us oh, I can't believe I just said reach out anyway you can email us on that. remember email? people used to use email at gcplife at casno.com.au and we have a twitter as well which is at gcplife so you can tweet us, you can email us you can do all of that stuff and uh, we will have a, a website by the next episode yes I'm saying it. we're going to have a website by the next episode and that's about it for us this week. And of course, today's episode was brought to you by Kazna. Kazna, we make your Google Cloud solutions possible. You got anything else to add, Ira? Uh, no, I do not. <laughs> no more else to add. We'll see you in a fortnight. Bye. Cheers. Today's episode was brought to you by Kazna. At Kazna, we make your Google. I'm I'm not a professional, by the way. Oh, you're getting there.
1: This is what you're doing.